Hello, listeners. This week, we here at the pod have made a donation to the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is an American nonprofit organization founded in 1998 focused on suicide prevention efforts among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. Through a toll-free telephone number, it operates the Trevor Lifeline, a confidential service that offers trained counselors. The stated goals of the project are to provide crisis intervention and suicide prevention services for LGBTQ youth under 25, as well as to offer guidance and resources to parents and educators in order to foster safe, accepting, and inclusive environments for all youth at home and at school. We know that this is the time of the year where some folks feel very isolated from their families and loved ones. It's harder than ever in this year, as there is seemingly no respite from being forced to be around people that in some circumstances may not look favorably on who you are as people. We urge you, if you are in a position to do so, please donate to this worthy cause. More information can be found at thetrevorproject.org, as well as volunteer opportunities offered. And lastly, if you are a young person listening uh, who's LGBTQ and you are considering suicide or know someone who is, please do not hesitate to reach out to the Trevor Lifeline. Their toll-free number is 1-866-488-7386. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials. I don't know if it's even worth having a conversation about why J.K. Rowling was like, let me make up a racial slur. Honey, I... Hagrid and I have something in common. We both love to eat cock. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> That's my time. Thank you so as much. As soon as Be you sure started to laughing to yourself. <laughs> they adopted muggle bathrooms in the 1800s um, as, like, because they, they were tired of having to vanish their own poop, essentially. And that literally, I mean, I wish I was making this up. <laughs> she oh, clearly God. did make it up. And then it was like, oh, and also the heir of Slytherin just happened to be there and so made sure that the sink was over the trap door. <laughs> cool. It's so bad. It's so bad. <sighs> These books suck. I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> But when, like, Harry whisper or, like, talks to the snake from the Sectumsempra, um, everyone is like, well, that was crazy bananas. And Justin Finch-Fledgley famously says, what are you playing at? And then, but, <laughs> but it's this. <laughs> what is this? What are you playing at? I can't in good conscience continue to talk about this book series. <laughs> <laughs> This is the last episode. Sorry to this to this review that I'm about to read. Welcome to another episode of Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. This week, we read chapter eight called The Death Day Party. Allie, what happens in this chapter? Mrs. Norris gets petrified. Great. A a true summarization. Because as we will find out, this party is useless in terms of plot of the whole book. 
It's yeah, like a red herring for what actually happens in the chapter, which finally something's actually happening. Like it took Correct. what page? What page does this chapter start on? It's like we're like halfway through this book. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, also, I ha- I d- even though it's pointless to the plot, I still have so many questions about the lore of ghosts and yep. how ghosts work and like. Yep. Kent, where Kent is? We've got. We we can't wait to get there. All well, right. Uh, Kent is in in the UK because remember later they go. To, don't they go to the forest of Kent? Well, the, the no, forest yes. of Dean. I know it's in the forest UK, but Dean. how are ghosts travel? You just lots of questions. I really wish up. that we didn't have to read this book. I think it's really kind <laughs> of what I'm the, like coming to the, to the conclusion one. of. I just I like deeply when I was reading this chapter, I was like, I just truly and positively, this book is stupid. I think the next chapter should just be, or the next episode should just be all of the chapters. <laughs> the summary of the rest of the book. Yeah. Just be It'll like, you know what? Like we gave up because four we hated hour it so episode, much. But... It makes me think of, you know how um, when people do like a, a big popular franchise and then someone's like, when was the last time you watched it? And they're like, I've never seen it. That's kind of how I feel about this, where I'm like, I kind of understand now why they wouldn't want to, because like, this is like 300 pages of trash. Why they wouldn't want to read this book specifically. Or well, just like, like why, start so, the whole why, thing. why I understand why people would be like, you know what? Doing the show, it really ruined it for me. Like, Doing this podcast has really ruined Harry Potter for me. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> oh God, that's the last thing. We I'm need just right kidding. Now. This particular book, yes. Everything else, J.K. Rowling ruined for me. You had so. said this was your least favorite book, right? Before we even started. Yeah. It. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people feel that way. So let's just let's just do it because <laughs> let's I dive in. Okay, so uh, the chapter starts in like a really British way because. She just keeps talking about the weather. Like, so much in this chapter. Just so much so weather. So much about rain. As um, if rain is somehow interesting or, I mean, The size I don't know. of the rain. I'm in Florida. Allie's in the Midwest. Ari, you're in LA. So I guess this is this would be like, wow, that's a lot of rain. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not in England or Scotland. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's true. Not anything of note if you're living in Scotland. Um, so it's cold and flu season at Hogwarts. Everybody's going to get a pepper up potion. That sounds it's fun. Yeah. I want one. Mm-hmm. It's little things like that that I do like. Like, I think those bits are, like, fun, and they're just, like, throwaways that Joe throws in. And it, like, is, like, it that those are the charming. things that are world world building and charming that are, like, perfect for a kid's book. Yeah, that like I just like those are really great details. Some other things that go on in this chapter, I'm like, what are we doing? Okay, we'll get there. And we nev- so it's never mentioned again. It's not like it's a care like we're introduced other than moaning Myrtle. That's probably a spoiler, but like that's the only thing. Like, but we all don't even ghosts- need to be really in the scene. Yeah. yeah, you could have had moaning Myrtle be introduced when they literally end up in the bathroom. Like, yeah. Hermione's like, oh, by the way, there's a ghost in here. So just like try to be quiet. Like that's all you had to do. Why doesn't the Quidditch team have like rain gear? It seems really stupid. They don't have like a raincoat that they can put on and like fucking goggles. Come on. 
you're supposed to be wizards. So stupid. I have questions about that. And then I had questions about like, why is he muddy? It's a game that takes place in the air. Mud does Walking not travel back. through the air. But like, but then I was like, So then I was like, okay, so he did walk back. That makes sense. But then I was like, but why would he have to walk back? He's on a broom. <laughs> he could just well, broom back. From from the the shed, the unlocked shed <laughs> the, where the, he stores his broom. The broom shed randomly on the grounds that anyone has access to. Mm-hmm. So stupid. The walk from there to the castle. <laughs> Watch it's like all the way past Hagrid's hut, halfway to Hogsmeade, like for no reason. And then it's like, and then you've got to walk all the way back <laughs> up to the castle. <sighs> Scourgeify. Just clean off your damn robes. So... Harry gets back into the castle. He's walking back to his dormitory. He runs into Sir Nick, who uh, is, I guess, like ruminating alone in the hallway. Um, Being and emo. Yeah. And Harry's like, oh, hey, what's up? And um, Nick's like, oh, you look concerned. And Harry's like, you too, bro. You too. And so um, he tucks he tucks a transparent letter into his his pocket okay here here's a couple of things that i want to know number one how the fuck does a ghost write a letter number two is there ghost paper how does that work do you have inanimate ghost objects that a ghost can use what's going on here and how does like how does he have possession of something? How can he put it? How can he store anything if someone can walk through him? So he's put something in a pocket so you can still see the letter in the pocket. What's going on here? Why did she include this? I hate it so much. Okay. <laughs> I hate it. And that so, can't be the end of your questions. No, that, no, I have more later. You have to ask the question that's begging to be answered. What is ghost post? How are they sending letters to each other? Like what? Ghost post. Ghost owls. I was so enraged by this because I was like, yes, okay. F- that was my first thing. Was I was like, there's ghost paper. They're writing ghost letters. Like, where are you keeping this? And then I was like, how was a letter delivered to this man? Like, how? How? Ghost, there are ghost owls flying around in the wizarding world. (laughs) Also, like how how uh, we'll get to this when we talk about the the headless huntsman. But um, oh my god, yeah. So Nick tries to move on from it, but uh, like a true alley, he has to come back to it. Um, He can't let it go. And so he's like, you know, you would really think that um, I would be able to join this when I was hit with an axe 45 times. You cannot tell me, okay, that if a wizard is able to be burned at the stake and do something to enjoy it, that he could have prevented himself from being chopped in the head with an axe 45 times and that I'm sorry. Okay, so... Explain this here to me. Was it one chop and it went and it was like, or it took them 45 chops to get to the half inch of skin that's remaining? Because if so, he would have been dead by like 20. 
That's what I'm saying. That was my other question was like, did he die when it was only a half inch left? Or like, did he like, is his body fully decapitated? But like, that was the moment he perished was like, what you know what I'm saying? Like, how first of all, how do you leave? I get the comedy of it all. I understand what she's going for. I am not. I am not. I, I get the joke of nearly headless Nick is funny. I do understand that. But you have to have there has there are questions then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I just I'm just left left wondering what's going on. We still don't know if this man was a wizard. <laughs> Technically. I'm still there. We don't know if any of the ghosts <laughs> at Hogwarts were witches and wizards other than like Rowena Ravenclaw or not right. Rowena, Helena. Helena, Helena Ravenclaw. Helena Ravenclaw. Um and Myrtle, Myrtle. Oh yeah, right. Um, Myrtle. And so I do so let's talk a little bit about the headless hunt here because uh nearly headless Nick has tried to I guess apply is like is there an application process or is it just like when you, just you find ask out to join like when you find out someone has been beheaded like a recruiter goes out and is like like a like a headhunter <laughs> Great Adam hates me so much that was a you joke okay that yeah. was a joke that you would tell 100%. Maybe okay. I'm mad because He's you mad got that to you it first. got there first. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how how does this work? How do people find out about this organization? Is it just, like, word of mouth? Or is there some type of advertising that's going out to dead people that's like, hey, got your head chopped off? Need a community? Join the Headless Huntsman. I, why? Why? Here's the thing I will say. I do really love that they're making lemonade out of lemons. I do really love that they're like, you know what? I got my head chopped off, but let's let's make it fun. Let's really like explore the things that we can do with a head that physically detaches from our bodies. I do like that. I do. I am on board with that. But I none of this makes sense. None of it makes sense. Okay. I just don't I also, know why so many people are actively choosing to become ghosts. It sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Nick alone is like, it's my 500th death day party. It's like, what? You mm-hmm. literally chose to be here for 500. And you what? You can't go once you make the decision. Like, you can't be like, JK, I'm done. I've been here for like 100 years. Now I'm good. So I'm just like, why do so many people... Because there's so many people at his party, you know? He's like, oh, it's a pretty good turnout. I'm like, what? I I also am, like, so sad that we did not have John Cleese do this in the film. <laughs> like, this yes. scene would be Robbed. so funny. I just, so stupid. Um, And they could have gotten so many more people to be, like, weird. Like, just can't go British cameos Could have had the, the whole Monty Python cast as, like, where other is, ghosts popping up. Where is Mr. Bean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I also was like, why is he only now applying to be in this group? Has he been rejected before? <laughs> is this like... He just keeps asking to be... Like, he forgets. What's going- it's like every hundred years, your memory <laughs> and also, resets. Sorry. And he's like, oh yeah, maybe I should apply for this. I also just don't understand if their whole bit is that they're like throwing heads around and that's the whole point of the group. Why are you applying to something that you know you can't be in? 
You know that your head does not detach from your body. You Nick. can't this play is... the games, Nick. Okay. That's what maybe I'm saying. He, maybe he just really wants the like the fraternity, the camaraderie. The, <laughs> he wants know, to he... be to be a part of something. He just wants to wear the letters. He, that's mm-hmm. all he wants. If, he wants mm-hmm. the pin. If you are white, you cannot be Motormouth Maybell in <laughs> <laughs> in hairspray. You more just can't. people need to hear that. <laughs> Thank more you. people need to know <laughs> Motormouth Mabel cannot be a white woman. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus Christ. Never oh. thought that was something you had to had to specify, but apparently you do. So let's let's take a pause on ghosts because then Great. you know we'll get to it again at the end of the chapter. And I want to kind of moderate our fury so that we're not just like all all <laughs> anger all the time. Um, That's so, what this podcast is. I know, I know. But just, just for just for rage. my own sake, my own blood pressure, <laughs> your own health. You know, I just need to 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 make it through. Um, so as they're having, they're standing and having this conversation. Yes. I guess for a while, Mrs. Norris comes, and um, Nick is like, "You got to run, Harry." But Filch arrives, and he's Filch is, in a word, very angry. Uh, I guess that's two words. He's very angry that Harry has made a mess. Um, And he also apparently has the flu. Why does no one take a sick day? The only person in these books that take a sick day are one, Hagrid when he's hungover, and two, Lupin when he's turning into a werewolf. (laughs) They just think a pepper up potion cures everything, apparently. That's it. Filch is just walking around with the flu infecting the children. He I'm would lo- not wear a face mask in public. No, he wouldn't. Or if he did, it would be under his nose. <laughs> you know you know it. It would be under his nose. This man is so overworked and but also I I don't know how much he actually does himself since like there are again slaves at Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah. Like Obviously, you don't like Filch because of the way that he's written. But finding out that he's a squib and going back through these books, because obviously when you're a kid, you're like, hey, hey, Filch, like, he's the worst. And like, he's always yelling at the kids. He's like the old like curmudgeon of the books, right? Like that's his type. But then when you find out that he's a squib and basically that he's like the housekeeper of Hogwarts, it's a little like. And then Hagrid, who's half giant and was expelled, is the. Uh, gamekeeper so it's like like I don't like Filch but then I also kind of feel like you know what maybe I would be annoyed too if I was Filch and like lived Filch's life (laughs) like I probably would be like these damn kids like I have to scrub these floors because I'm a squib I can't just like scourgeify this shit so yes that's what I was gonna say it seems very cruel to to give this man a job that would be so much easier if he could do magic Filch is very upset. He takes Harry to his office. We get some details about his office. One is that he has a bunch of wooden filing cabinets filled with, um, uh, I guess, files about things that students have done. How big are these drawers? Because there is no way that Fred and George have been there are their fourth years. They're at the beginning of their fourth year and they already have their own drawer. The drawer has to be like an inch deep, okay? There's no way that they could have done enough to merit their own drawer and still be at Hogwarts. 
Well, they're he he has big handwriting, Maybe, so I don't the know. files are big because he uses a lot of sheets of paper. He uses um wide ruled, not he just writes <laughs> down like Fred and George like winked at me and laughed. I know something's afoot, mm-hmm. like on like yeah. five pieces of, of paper, just over it's and like, over again. It's something's not only what they foot. did, but it's how they made him feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like diary entries today. <laughs> Fred and George. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So, I love them. <laughs> I wish I was as carefree. <laughs> so I do I do really love this form that he has because number one, the fact that he's classifying it as crime and not like infraction or like the something crime. else. Demerit. Crime. And then and then um suggested sentence, which is very funny to me. Who approves the punishment? Like, are you telling me that he'll he'll come up with a suggested sentence like hang the child up by their ankles and then he goes to Dumbledore and he's like, hey, they tracked a lot of mud in the castle. I want to hang them up by their ankles for an hour. And Dumbledore is like, <laughs> I feel like it must be head of house, which like that's what I was no going to say. It's gonna probably s- head of house. Going to be like, OK, yeah, sounds good. I just, it's very funny to me to imagine the conversation of like him going to all of the professors and being like, this is what was done and this is how I think we should punish them. And them and them just every time being like, what the fuck? They're, Filch is trying to decide how he's going to punish Harry. All of a sudden there's a loud clatter. Filch is like, it's Peeves. I'll get you this time, my pretty. And so he runs out of the office. And Harry's just sitting in the office and he's like, what, you know, I can't sit still and not do something terrible. So he sees an envelope on Filch's desk and starts reading the contents (laughs) as if reading someone else's mail is not a federal offense. Yeah, so rude. I really hate Harry in this moment. (laughs) But we also, this is not shocking because later he's in Dumbledore's office and like, not in this book, but he'll just like jump in a pensive. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just floating around in thoughts? Are you kidding? Well, he does. And, he... and Snape's pensive too. Yep. Yeah. He's just so fucking he's so nosy. nosy. <laughs> oh my God. Because he's, he's the one who's worried something is afoot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why, remember in the first book, we were talking about how he was worried that Snape was just going to like overhear them? talking Mm -hmm. in the library that's why because he does this shit all the time (laughs) he thinks everybody else is like him listening to everybody else's conversations yeah so um we find out that filch has i guess course information about something that's called quick spell which is a correspondence course in beginner's magic so then there's some testimonies here I take issue with the man turning his wife into a yak. <laughs> I had that same reaction and I was like, I'm not even going to write anything down because like. Wh- <laughs> Again, I thought that like, was so funny. I understand it's a children's book and that that is a very like funny thing for a child to imagine. Like, oh, she turned into a yak. But like <laughs> they put that as like. They put that in the recommendations. Yes. Like, this man should be arrested. What? (laughs) It's so dumb. The comedy. 
of an animal called a yak is just the peak of the English language. I promise you, we have never been better. We did it right. I mean, God bless us all. <laughs> the uh, talkative wife that turns into a, a yak. yak. God, that's so funny. <laughs> Horrible, but so funny. <laughs> so Harry continues to violate Filch's privacy, and then he hears Filch returning, so he very quickly throws the envelope back onto the desk, and he overhears... Filch talking about the vanishing cabinet part two. So that's cool. Um, And when Filch walks in, he realizes something's amiss. Harry's clearly been reading the contents of the envelope. Harry thinks he's going to get into a lot of trouble, but it turns out Filch is very embarrassed. We're not sure quite why at this point. And so he sends Harry away. Harry's walking back and he finds uh nearly headless nick again and nick is like hey did it work and harry's like yeah i didn't even get detention um and so then uh harry's like i hope i hope you feel better man i think it's like one of the i think in that (laughs) moment it's one of those things where it's like you know when somebody that you don't really like or don't really know is like talking to you about something they they're really upset about and so like you want to end the conversation so you're just like (laughs) all right, well, I hope things get better. And then you, like, really hope that it's done, but then they keep talking. That's what's going on here. <laughs> there, There's a line There's a line in the chapter where it's like, uh, Nick is like, you know, tomorrow's the anniversary of my death day or whatever. And so Harry is like, oh, I don't know how to respond to that. Is it, like, positive or negative? So he just goes, oh, right. And I was like, only the British say right as like an ag- as a form of agreement. <laughs> like I know, yes, technically it is an ag- agreeable phrase, but like I just a British person saying, "Oh, right, it's just <laughs> correct." That is correct. Sure. Um, oh gosh. And so Harry's like, uh, "Yeah, if there's anything I can do," which again is like an empty thing that you say to people. And then Nick takes him up on it, and he says, "I'm I'm having a party." I like that he specifies in a roomier dungeon. Like it's it's in a dungeon, but it's roomy. So um... the ghosts are ghosts, though. So I don't know why it would need to be roomy because they could just <laughs> be inside each other, technically. <laughs> but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he's like, maybe you could come to my death day party and tell Sir Patrick how frightening I am and how I should be able to join the Headless Hunt. And Harry's like, okay. So So is like the Fat Friar just like the most like disrespected ghost of of them all because he's so like jolly and friendly? Like, is that what determines the worth of ghosts? But that's the thing, though, because... Strictly speaking, you would think that he has kind of a high rank because he's a house ghost. Yeah. I feel like maybe it's maybe it's just for the headless hunt. You're supposed to be like spooky Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Um, So Harry tells Ron and Hermione, he's like, we got to go to this party instead of going to the (laughs) Halloween feast. I'm sorry. Harry, no. You don't get to, you deciding that you're going to go to this death day party, fine. You coming back and saying, oh, I told Nick 
you guys are also going to come with me. Hermione, fine. She's like, oh, it's going to be so interesting. But like Ron, Ron's probably like, thanks, guys. That's the last thing I want to do, especially with how much Ron loves food (laughs) and specifically the Hogwarts feast food. You know, Ron was pissed. Not only does Ron love food, but Joe loves food, where there's more food in this chapter. (laughs) And then we have this cute little passage here where there's more animal abuse. (laughs) What's going on with these children? Just so laughable, isn't it? It's just demented. (laughs) The hell? Um... Okay, I want to I want to call out this sentence in the, right here. By the time Halloween arrived, Harry was regretting his rash promise to go to the death day party. That is such a dramatic way to write about a commitment. <laughs> it's there are no stakes here. It's not <laughs> like he said. I'll jump off a building for you tomorrow. He said, I'm going to come to your party instead of going. That's not a rash promise. Okay. That is such a dramatic way to put it. When you're a 12 year old white, when you're a 12 year old white boy, this is like the biggest deal. (laughs) Well, famously, he didn't know how he got through that first week of finals and he would think about it later in life. (laughs) Oh God. Um, I in they're so they're really regretting it because they heard a rumor that Dumbledore is hiring a troop of dancing skeletons. Couple questions here. A couple? Okay. Are these actual skeletons of real dead people that somehow <laughs> exist? and can dance are they are they because when you say that he's hired them it makes it sound like it's a a group that they're like a touring event it's a do they have a a manager that's booking these gigs for them it it's a cirque cirque de noir noir it's a it's 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 a cirque yeah is it is it just like enchanted bones like that's what i was like is it a charm and you just like put them in a box once they're done or That's is it a, like entities but then how are yeah. you hiring them if they're not like a real the it's like a manager like does the charm <laughs> on a bunch of bones like an uh, like an agent for animal actors oh my god i was going to say going on here yeah, or even like when it's like a light show or something like that so there's like one person that's like designed it or something like that if it's a charm so mm-hmm. it's like but it, the way it sounds is, yeah, you think it's a troop. You think the skeletons are alive and they're like a band. It's actually just the two um, the two dancers who are with David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love that. <laughs> and you guys are part of it. <laughs> um, so they go down they they walk past the feast they're boohooing because they don't get to go and they show up at the party and okay so many questions just like bad so (laughs) not fun not first of all one of the first things that they make mention of is that 
there's really terrible music happening. It sounds like like saws or fingernails scraping an enormous blackboard. Here's what I don't understand about this, okay? So <laughs> we get to uh, we get to the food part later. And like I in th- the the food thing is disgusting, but in theory I get it. I understand. So they can't eat, yeah. What they're trying to These people can hear perfectly fine. <laughs> we have no reason to believe that these people have a flawed ability to hear or to experience music in general. So why would they be listening to music that's just absolutely terrible? Why would that appeal to them? It makes no sense. She did not think so many things through in this book. That, like, That's the answer. There isn't a good answer. And also, like, are ghosts playing the instruments? That's the other thing that I'm wondering. That I'm, I'm, like, are the instruments themselves, like, the letter, like, ghostly? Or are they physical instruments that, like, ghosts are pl- Who freaking knows? The reason this series is so good is because she ends up elevating children's literature toward the end of the series. Yeah. Over this throughout book the series, yeah. Is so steeped in just being like what do kids think is fun and i don't know if it's like maybe an editor was like goose this up or like whatever but like a lot of the first book is very young adult literature but it's like it's smart it brings you into a world it's doing a lot of stuff that where you can like look past some of the flaws of the book this one is like you already know the world so now she's just like punching it up a little bit and Mm -hmm. some of it I just don't think works at all and this is one of those moments where I'm like this is and in theory this is a cool idea and I just don't think the execution of this sequence like works for me at all I don't think it's funny I don't think it's fun I don't think it's like whimsical in any way like it, it seems so labored that whole sequence where she talks about food I was like she spent hours thinking about the jokes about food and i was like this isn't even funny maggoty haggis as fun as it is to say is not like i just it just like i no, no one finds this fun no one's enjoying this we're all just suffering through this book together <laughs> waiting to get to prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> and i think you even said it earlier that it's like this isn't there isn't really even a reason for her to, for them to go to the death day party or for her to write the death day party other than they're not at the feast they're walking down another way and that's but I'm like why why couldn't they be walking back from like they left the feast early and then Harry heard the voice and they ran like she really doesn't need this so I think that's the answer to the question like it, it's just she didn't she didn't even want to f- think it through that fully because we never come back to this ghosts never visit hogwarts again for any parties like it doesn't make any no one ever talks about their death day ever again no we never even like we get myrtle in four and then we get uh, helena in like six yeah and then that's it or seven and then that's it we don't have a ghost encounter we don't get like more lore about ghosts she could have absolutely expanded the world and she just was like, I feel like that's it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to do house elves instead. We oh get the, the most logistical, not even logistical, but it's book five when Sirius dies that Harry goes to Nick and has the conversation with him about 
Um, but it's just. I did forget that sequence. What? How do you? Where did? <laughs> Same. I don't know. I just don't know. Same. How were the How were the invitations sent out for this party? Did Nick know these people before or after death? I. How do they travel? How do ghosts travel? How do you choose where you live your life? Are you just like set to be there? Like it's like, and you're gonna be at Hogwarts for the rest of your life because this how is where is you there, died. How because is there I'm a like, ghost from Kent? How is there a ghost from another essentially state? What is going on? How are they? Uh, I just. This is. A, d- d- isn't this what happened last time we read? The chapter last week, we were like, we have a lot of questions. Like, it's just turning into a lot of like, there's a lot of loose ends in this book. Can I read? Can I read my least favorite phrase in this yes, whole baby. chapter and possibly the whole series? I'm yes, gonna baby. like just pre. I'm just gonna say it ahead of time. <sighs> I got <laughs> I got enraged when I read this, and I don't know why. I I hope you understand. Okay, welcome to my entire life. <laughs> Unlike the ghosts around them, Peeves the poltergeist was the very reverse of pale and transparent. (laughs) The very reverse of pale and transparent. So That's not how anyone talks. That is not how you communicate at all. Who what? (laughs) The word of the day is reverse. She's hitting a vocab count. Mm-hmm. Scholastic was like, we will do this, but there are some words that we need to work in as part of our agreement with the Teachers Unions of America. So <laughs> I need you to shows- And then Bloomsbury in the UK. Yes. They were like, keep <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah. Polling shows not enough children know what reverse means. <laughs> Uno hasn't done enough for the reverse community. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, so, are you top bottom or reverse, honey? <laughs> reverse, reverse. <laughs> cha cha slide out there doing it all for all of us. Oh no and cha cha slide. Uh, Who, whoever is in the reverse lobby is very powerful. <laughs> Big reverse. <laughs> I just <laughs> seriously reverse though, energy. That's what we're going for. I oh just God. like didn't understand why she couldn't be like he's not a ghost. I I just <laughs> the way she chose the words to use to say what she was trying to say. I was like, okay. you did bad, Joe. <laughs> the very reverse. Um, How very dare. So right after this terrible sentence, we meet Moaning Myrtle. A couple things about Moaning Myrtle. First of all, she's a child who was murdered. Um, Second of all, she is consistently bullied throughout this series, despite the fact that she is a teenager who was murdered and is having, I would say, kind of a fair emotional reaction to being murdered and then teased by everyone who is living, okay? Here's what I want to know. So she's at this point been a ghost for like 
circa 50 years, right? Has she intellectually matured or is she still in the brain mindset of a teenager? Because that's what I want to know is that like, if you die at age 15, are you mentally 15 forever, even if you live an extra 500 years and probably would have more intellectual capacity than any living person ever? Or are you really just your 15 all... What? Was she a fifth year? I don't know how old she actually was. <clears throat> For just some reason, I 15. feel like she was a third year, and I don't know why I thought that. The younger she is, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, e- I mean, no matter what, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. First of all, she was a fellow student that was murdered in the school, and we're all just like, haha, jokes on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? But also, I didn't. I had forgotten that this description of her is that she's like a, a chubbier kid, that she's like supposed to be like stout. Or whatever, or I don't know the I don't know the exact doubt. What was the what word? Was the, dis- the description. Squat. 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 But like, because the movie again had a forty-year-old woman portray Myrtle <laughs> to everyone's detriment. So, <sighs> and she's fine. Whatever. It's not her fault. She was Hot cast off the in heels this role. of her turn in Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> That was the last thing she was in before The worst part is book four, when she like... Oh my God. I get so uncomfortable every time that happens. It's so uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. So my my guess is that she stays 15-year-old energy forever. <laughs> Big 15-year-old energy for 50 years. Okay. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. W- once again, to be a ghost sounds like an awful, an awful thing. Well, let's move on now from Myrtle. Great. Oh, because we'll have plenty we'll, more yeah, to say later. She's coming back. So in the middle of the party... They are interrupted by the headless hunt and they ride in on ghost horses. Now let's take a step back here and think about (laughs) ghost horses. We know that people, when they die, well, we don't know this yet, but we eventually find out that when people die in the wizarding world, they have the choice. They can either die and do whatever happens when they die or they can become a ghost. So, Are we saying that horses have the ability to choose when they die? They're like, I'm a ghost. (laughs) Or, which is, it's hard to believe because why are they're not then like, I'm going to say something that's going to be really sad. Every single dog that died would be a ghost so that they could remain with their owners. So not really buying this here. Are we to instead maybe believe that this horse belonged to the person in their real life? And then in the afterlife, they decided to curse this poor horse and say, no, you're living with me for all eternity. We're ghosts now. What's going on there? You know, we don't know. 
Um, and we never will. <laughs> we'll never. We'll never know. Um, I do love. I do love the physical comedy here. Of them playing hockey with their heads. Of them. Of them. Of him. Um, you know, holding his head under his arm, and that's where he's blowing the horn. Of him, he's trying to find Nick in the crowd, so he he holds his head up above all the people. That's the physical comedy is amazing. Why didn't they put it in the movie? It just would have been too expensive to CGI everything. I'm guessing. Probably. It's honestly probably just for time because they realize just like we did reading this that it is a pointless yeah, scene in the yeah. film. You don't need it. You don't need no. it. Um, if they could have gotten away with not putting Norbert in the first film, they would have. But they needed it for the Malfoy for the running, Malfoy yeah. of it all. Harry tries to, I guess he does. He is like a very terrible attempt of convincing Sir Patrick that. Uh, the snake belongs in the headless hunt. Um, and so then um, Nick goes up to make a speech and instead the headless hunt starts playing a game. What kind of a person do you have to be to do something like this? That's so someone's rude. own party when they're I making know. a speech. It's so rude. Because you've already made an entrance. You've arrived fashionably late and then now you're going to do it's very it's very upsetting to me. I I don't like these people and I don't yeah. think Nick should want to be a part of them because they're very rude. Yeah. I I agree with that. I will say I don't think Nick knows what his guests want. I don't think he knows how to read the room. <laughs> he keeps trying to like it's make it very party. He keeps trying to make it very sad and they all they want to do is clearly like watch people have fun. Like they're all over being sad. No one is like <laughs> Oh, oh, boom. <laughs> it's still his party. First of all, he's dead. So <laughs> I have no sympathy for a dead person. For Except for Myrtle. Except for dead. Myrtle. So they're like, oh, we got to get out of this party. This this place, this is a terrible party. We're having, We're not having a good time. We want to leave. So... They, Were you surprised that they played hockey and not football? Well, it doesn't make sense that they would play hockey because do they have hockey sticks? <laughs> with their swords? They're just are like there, hitting their heads are there with their ghost, own swords. Are there ghost hockey sticks? That doesn't make any sense. Like why would they play why would they play a game that you need like quite a bit of equipment for? Yeah. Yeah, where are there who's the go- where's the net, you know? Mm-hmm. Where are the skates? Also, then they would only be playing with one head. There's only one puck. Mm-hmm. They have like all the heads on the floor and they're just like hitting them around. They should have played dodgeball. If yeah. anything, it yeah. should have been dodgeball. That would have been the most fun thing to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go back to the the entrance hall um, mm-hmm. to see if they're still pudding. But as they're making their way back, Harry Pudding. hears whispering and yes, he goes to run after a murderer. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense since Harry himself is a murderer. <laughs> that he's like, you know what? I've murdered before. I'm not afraid of another murderer. <laughs> and this was the point I was looking forward to so much in this chapter because we all knew each other when we were 12. So imagine 12-year-old Adam, Ari, and Allie. And one of us comes, we're all walking through the hallway of like LaSalle. One of us is like, I can hear a voice. 
None of us can hear. The other two can't hear what's happening. Not even a sound as we talked about last week. Not even like pipes make it. What would you do? Because like Hermione and Ron handled this very well, I think. But like, I, I feel like I genuinely would be like, we need to get a teacher. <laughs> well, there's like, a reason none of us are Gryffindors. <laughs> We are we are Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws. We are not Gryffindors <laughs> going to fight help, aid. Who knows what they're going to do when they discover whatever, th- which is nothing. Spoiler like, alert. What would you do? Would anyone run after the voice? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I gaslight myself into thinking that it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> God. <sighs> it's wild so he hears the voice he starts running Ron and Hermione follow him and <laughs> they they get to the second floor and they see some writing on the wall and it says the chamber of secrets has been opened enemies of the air beware I want to just make a really quick note here. Did, when you read this as a child, did you think it was hair? I didn't know it was pronounced air. I thought it was well, hair. <clears throat> you know my mom read the books to oh, this one to us, okay. so okay. she would have said it the right way. I don't remember. I think I said it the right way. Okay, well, I was very stupid. Enemies of the hair, beware. Right? That sounds so stupid. <laughs> Is it's that a really it, stupid it, thing to say. That's what I was saying. You were like, of the March Hare. Yeah, I was like, well, I don't even know what this means. <laughs> yeah, that really ruins the effect, doesn't it? If you read hair, you're like, um, what? I was like, what is that? I don't know what they're talking about. So bald people better watch out. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I thought was going on. Um... <laughs> bald people better watch out. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> Um, I just, I have no idea. I was like very (laughs) constantly confused. Um, and so they see the writing on the wall and then Ron sees, what is that on hanging there? How? Oh, good question. Uh they, They realize that it's Mrs. Norris and she's hanging off the torch bracket. How is she hanging there? So Ginny picked her up? There's no way Ginny was there once once the basilisk was there. Ginny would have died. Because it's not like a cat can hang from something by its tail. We're supposed it's to think not it a can. monkey. We're supposed to think because she's petrified, she's like stiff enough. Right, but that would mean that she had to have like been on the torch bracket when she was, unless she literally yeah. was shot into the air, which makes no sense. Well, the thing, cat, cat, the cats, cats, good cats, <laughs> do, do. cats come out tonight. <laughs> yeah, first of all, Rum Tum Tugger, um, cats is a musical. Um, cats do the thing Allie where, like, and I are very aware <laughs> I saw the film 
So cats <laughs> still do the thing that. where if they're spooked, they'll just like spring Jump. into mm-hmm. the air, which yeah. I guess is what she's going for, like the concept. I guess I really don't understand the basilisk of it all. This is my big question. I yeah. want to say with every petrification that happens in this book, every time it happens, now that once you know how everything works, I know I feel like I know less how everything works because why so yes, the idea is that it looked in the water and saw the saw eyes the through the water, through the water. Why was why a cat why how fast is a basilisk? How big is a basilisk? In the film, obviously, it's supposed to be like gargantuan. Right. How did it get there and then like away so quickly? I know that we're very close to the bathroom, but even still, that's crazy to me. Why didn't a cat look at the massive snake in the eyes that I don't understand? I guess the biggest question I have is just like, how does the basilisk get to and from the bathroom so quickly? <laughs> Hikes, <laughs> because I feel Adam. like it happened and then they come right around the corner and discover it because he had just heard the voice. It's just like as soon as it petrifies something, it's like, oh, I better get out of here. Like, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And this is a pretty <sighs> shitty basilisk if it petrifies so many people, but it's talking about how hungry it is because then it should have already killed something that it could eat if it's that fucking hungry. So it's just, and then that's why I'm like, how is Ginny involved? Because she's opening the chamber. So is she standing there when the basilisk is going out and just like covering her eyes? Or if you're the one in charge of it, does it just not look at you? Like, I don't know because I'm like, this is so weird. And it's really hard for me to believe like, One, that an animal's power is like when you look into its eyes, you die because I'm like, wouldn't the basilisk still eat you? It wouldn't because you're petrified. So then I'm like, so then if it actually wants to eat something, it has to go around with its eyes closed. Like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It's the dumbest monster of all the monsters. It is. And the wildest part of this book is that there are two monsters in this book. I know. I just, I can't believe that she was like, <laughs> y'all thought I was finished. Okay, well, I was just going to say, so Ron is like, we got to get out of here. We do not want to be found here. Yes, once again, book Ron, they just did him dirty in the film. Because in this movie especially, he's like so scared of the spiders, like very, and it's, I get it. It's for comic relief. I get it. But like, Ron is the one in this moment that has the awareness of what it's like living in the wizarding world to be like, this isn't right and we shouldn't be here. Where like Harry and Hermione, I mean, maybe they have an idea, but like they're very interested in what's happening, probably because they're just more curious. Where Ron's like, hey guys, bad news bears, let's get out of here. Obviously they don't move fast enough, but I'm just like, we don't get to see these moments with Ron really. And so it's, you get a really different vibe from Ron if you've only seen the movies, which I know we've made that point before, but I just really want to drill that in. (laughs) The other thing that I couldn't figure out about that is why Draco would have been on the second floor if he lives in the dungeons. Nobody knows. 
There's no That doesn't reason. make sense to me. And the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is him yelling the word mudblood because his whole thing is that he's like a very secretly racist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Undercover so like, racist. If, if there were any chance that there were would be a professor around, he would not do something like this. And yet here he is doing something like this. Screaming it out. Yes. In front of, us, like, you were to assume the entire student body. That's it. I don't have anything left. <laughs> I don't, either. yeah, no, I'm I'm completely drained. Well, that wraps up this chapter. Next week, we'll be reading chapter nine called The Writing on the Wall. We have no new reviews this week in the Daily Prophet. So, I guess it's not daily. I guess it's, well, first of all, I guess it's weekly. But this time it's bi-weekly. Someone's, so someone's going to get a howler in the mail. Yeah, absolutely. And it's every listener who has not left us a review. So you're going to be sending out a lot of howls. We will hunt you down one by we, one. We will headhunt you down. <laughs> I am going to send you some moldy ass cheese. <laughs> Get ready some for your maggoty haggis. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect Newt score. Five stars only or else. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HPAnxious, which Allie runs, and on Instagram at HPAnxious, which Ari runs. Yeah. If you have complaints, see those people. <laughs> we are hosted <laughs> no on... No one's going to be complaining about my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> We are hosted on Anchor, so thank you to them and are a proud member of the Not A Bit Network group of podcasts. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Ari. And as always, Knox. on Not A Bit Network. Find us on Instagram at Not A Bit Network for our other shows.